I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked out of the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What if you had accepted that massive offer with that other organization, Isaac Harris? I'd be a lot wealthier right well, now. Well, for us personally, no, we would not. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> uh, so I just got back from a high school volleyball game. All right. Oh, we and... got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. <laughs> How about you? How about you? <laughs> um, and I'm just blown. Okay, so I, I only went to a handful of volleyball games when I was in high school back years ago. And I just didn't. I mean, I, I mean, well, anyway. Um, so now, obviously, uh, you know, I do some church stuff and uh, my wife and kid and I and some other people on staff, we went to support some other uh, high schoolers that go to our church. And I, the atmosphere at this place was unbelievable. I was so hyped. I was into <laughs> the game. These girls are so good. And like one girl that she's going to UCLA and like a full ride. So it, she was just spiking it on people's faces and I just so if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the volleyball world somehow, hats off to you. Like, what a if sport! You a, if you have a sibling, if you, I'm, I was just, yeah, I was amazed by just the hypeness about it and everything. Plano West volleyball. If you go to Plano West, shout out to you. But apparently they're supposed to be really good. Uh, but anyway, I was just totally impressed by the atmosphere at volleyball game. Volleyball, just killing it out there. Just out locked there. On, locked on volleyball. Being a sport that people care about. I played did, volleyball in high school. Did you really? I did. You lie. You lie I did. Right you had it a was, men's team? Yeah. It was more like a club team than it was like an actual team. Like, if you went out for it, you made it. it was I was kind of jealous. I, guys just didn't have any type of squad or anything in my high school. Yeah, it got started a couple years before I, I joined. Um, and my friend's brother was super into it. Like, he was really good. And so then my friend joined, too, and I joined with him. It was fun. That's I enjoyed it. Cool. Wasn't that good, but you know. Yeah, it was fun though. It's fun to get out there. Oh well. Enough volleyball talk. I just want to shout out to all you people if you're enough of that. Shout out to everyone that is is affected <laughs> by volleyball daily. Somebody might have a daughter. There's there's older people on this yeah podcast. Some of our be. metrics sit, have different demographics for age, and the top demographic for age is eighty to hundred and fifty. That's the cutoff is 150. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you meant the top, like most listened. I'm like, no, I think no, we no. looked at a different chart. The top end for age, like the top category. There's like 18 to, you know, 18 to 29 or something like that. And uh, it goes, it goes, basically goes up by tens. And then it's like 80 to 80 to 150. Yes. Hey, but we said on this podcast one time, we saw there's a, like a small percentage, like one or 2% of uh what was it 60 or 70 years old and above and we're like hey shout uh try to reach out to us somehow however you want to and let us know uh who you are and somebody reached out to us and i thought that was the coolest thing ever that uh you guys incorporate just us two kids here into your lives and talk about mavs and i would love to pick your brain on wisdom and life and parenting and everything after we put that out that was the most faxes i've ever received in one day 
Shut up, Nick. Let's talk about Nerlens. <laughs> All right, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about Nerlens. It's What If Wednesday. What oh, If Wednesday. Nerls. We're going to talk about our boy and Isaac's boy, Nerlens Noel. Uh, maybe in this story, you can tell the Nerlens and Carlisle story. Uh, maybe throughout mm. this podcast, we'll uh, we'll recount it. This is this is one that's like really close to us because we were here for the entire process. We were credentialed and covering the team for the entire thing, so we've seen all of it, the very beginning up until he was, you know, uh, he signed with OKC and left. So this one's really interesting. So we're gonna go through the timeline. Then we have a whole bunch of what if questions, a bunch of them that you sent in. Uh, you tweeted me at Nick Van Exit. Uh, and at Lockdown Mavs, you tweet. No, not you specifically. I'm talking. There's so many other people listening to me besides you right now. <laughs> so we're going to go through a bunch of the what if questions. We'll get to Hot Dog Gate. We'll explain Hot Dog Gate too because it's a joke that comes up in Mavs Twitter and Mavs Reddit and everything and Facebook and stuff. And I think a lot of new fans, especially ones that came in with Luca and now Porzingis and a bunch of new fans, don't understand it. And so we'll explain to you why the Nerlens and Hot Dog. You know, story comes up over and over again. We'll explain that night because we were both there, mm-hmm. which yes. is funny. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Um, Isaac, let's go through the whole thing. So, Nerlens Noel was born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but it's important to know Nerlens is a player. So Nerlens was a one and done <laughs> player at Kentucky. He's a player. As a player, it's important to know him as a player. He was a oh, one-and-done okay. player at Kentucky. He got hurt at Kentucky. I think he played like 18 games. He didn't play a full season. And he was Big projected. Big-time prospect. Like, huge. He, he was projected to go number one in the draft when he went to Kentucky. Like, when he agreed to go to Kentucky, he was the, projected as the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And then he went through. He got hurt. And then he tore his ACL. It was really bad. He ended up going sixth. Uh, to the Hornets, actually. He was drafted by the Hornets. Then he was on a draft night trade for Drew Holiday. Uh, the Sixers had Drew Holiday. They sent Drew Holiday to the Hornets. And it was the Horn- New Orleans back then. Yeah, that. New Orleans Hornets. They became the Pelicans. And Noel went to the Sixers, and it basically started the process. Like, n- this New Orleans Noel trade started the process. Started sending off their players, getting draft picks back for it, getting young players. New Orleans wasn't going to play his whole first year, so they were like legit tanking. They weren't getting really anything back. For this next season, so that started the process. And all of my Kentucky friends back home, because I'm from Kentucky, there for a brief moment there on draft night, were freaking out. They're like, "Nerlens Noel and Anthony Davis in New Orleans, this is going to be crazy." <laughs> yeah, that the was Twin a big Towers deal. and all this stuff, and then block bam, party. It was, I remember on Twitter, people were like, "Block party, let's go." Yes, and then it was okay. Never mind. He's getting traded for Drew Holiday, <laughs> who was an All Star for Philly. Yeah, and Philly's like, "See ya. We're gonna start tanking now and and start the process." That was wild. Yeah, anyway, it was wild. Going. The writing was on the wall for the, the the tanking a little bit, but that move was kind of the what really started it. So Nerlens Noel goes through his his career with the with the Sixers. They end up drafting Joel Embiid. There's kind of more writing on the wall that he's just not gonna fit. He's not really fitting into the rotation very well. He can't play with Joel Embiid. I think they tried it a couple times, and it just did not work out very well. And it kind of started – the the rough patch has started a little bit that rookie season because uh, he's talked about previously, but, like, setting – he tore his ACL, obviously, at Kentucky. He goes – he gets drafted. He goes to Philly, and he set out that whole first year, and there was a lot of uh, – tension towards the end of that season because Nerlens wanted to come back and he felt like he he could or at least like or debut I don't even know if you how you want to say come back but he wanted yeah. to like 
played that rookie season towards the end uh, that he's like, hey, I'm good. I'm fully you know, better now. And Philly was like, no, we're holding you out. We're going to keep holding you out. And so that kind of started a little tension between Nerlens and the franchise in Philly. So that, hap- that happened, and he, you know, it seemed like he wanted out. They were able to make that happen uh, four years later in February, February 23rd, I think which was draft day. I think it was deadline day. And I remember I was driving, and I remember my phone buzzing. My wife looked at it, and she said, who is Nerland's Noel? <laughs> and it was, a, it, was the Woj, it was the Woj bomb that he even traded to the map. So I was freaking out. Went home, did the emergency pod with you. Um, or did we, did we, we didn't have the podcast yet, did we? No, I didn't. Cause yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was in February It's in that first or whatever the trade deadline was at that time. Uh, so I did an emergency pod probably on seeing stars or, or Mavs fan. I think I did one for Mavs fanatic and it was kind of, you know, it kind of come, came out of left field because if you remember back then with Philly, they were looking to find a new home for Jaleel Okafor and bam, yeah. they trade a big man, but it was kind of like the wrong big man for fans because a lot of people were like, oh man, Nerlens has this upside. Even like people around the league were looking at it saying, all right, this is a unique situation because they're heading into his restricted free agency uh, for Nerlens and he's super young still. So like, is it, are they going to pay him? What's going to happen? And so he wasn't really floated around a ton there around yeah. the deadline. And then it was like, bam. He gets traded to Dallas, and you can Google some headlines back then uh, that happened. It was like, "Hey, Dallas steals Nerlens, you know, in this yeah. trade from from Philly." So, yeah, because people didn't expect it. It wasn't like a widely out there thing. Obviously, the Mavs, a lot of the Mavs trades we've seen have, you know, been really quiet, and then all of a sudden it happens. Um, it's very, very seldom does you know a trade start to. I mean, the, the Porzingis trade is a great example of this, where it's like. All of a sudden, <laughs> he just gets traded yeah. to Dallas. He wasn't even on the list and everything. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the rest of the timeline, go through it, and then we'll get to the big what-if questions. All right, Isaac. So February 2017, the Mavs trade for Nerlens Noel. They send Justin Anderson, who's a first-round pick. We've talked about him a couple times this summer because he was taken right after DeLon Wright. The Mavs wanted to take DeLon Wright. They didn't get him. And so the, the Raptors came, swooped in, and got him. And so the Mavs ended up settling and getting Justin Anderson. Uh, Justin Anderson was was well liked. Uh, I think <laughs> he lost his spot to Dorian Finney-Smith that year, which was kind of telling for his career and his time with the the team. They also sent Andrew Bogut and a conditional first round pick, which we were all kind of wary of, but it ended up turning into two second round picks, uh, 2017 second round pick, and then a 2020 second round pick. By the way, so that is going out next year. Mm. Sure. So that's what got sent out for Nerlens. Um, the next day, I wrote this on my timeline, February 24th, 2017, Donnie Nelson in front of the Mavs offices at the AAC calls Nerlens Noel a Tyson Chandler starter kid. <laughs> that that is a, true. That was a big day. I vividly remember that moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, and that – Listen, when when Dallas got Nerlens, believe it or not, you know when you trade for an upcoming restricted guy, a lot of people think, you know, hey, we just traded for a restricted guy. That means we're going to sign him long term, okay? Um, because every time that happens, just like Nerlens, that means it's automatic locked in. You got to sign him long term. 
Um, I'm trying to make a little joke about everybody who said that Porzingis uh, was locked in when we just had this Nerlens thing happen. But yeah, but no, you know they bring in Nerlens and the the groundwork was already there for the position, the role, the everything that he was going to play, and everything that Tyson Chandler brought to this Mavericks team. Everybody looked at it and said, "In naturally, I mean, Donnie voiced it, but all the fans and the fan base are thinking the same thing. This young, athletic, you know, center that can block shots and get up and run the court. And, you know, he's not as, you know, as thick, as big body as Tyson, but still just, it's literally the Tyson Chandler starter kit. And the, you know, Mavericks were bad that season. So they're going to head into this draft. They traded for Nerlens in February. And then a few months later, you know, they get this top 10 pick in Dennis Smith Jr. So they knew they were going to probably get a top 10 pick. So it's like, hey, this is in a way kind of what you're looking at with like Luke and Porzingis. Like, hey, we're going to trade for this like this young restricted guy. And hopefully he can be a building block. And we're getting ready to have a top 10 pick. And maybe (laughs) these two guys can be like cornerstones for our franchise moving forward. So. And we were very excited about that as, yeah. as, as an opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same scenario as Porzingis. You know, Noel was at the end of his rookie deal. He was going to be a restricted free agent. And so July 1st rolls around, and now we learned after the fact. We didn't know this the day of, but Nerlens Noel turned down a four-year, $70 million deal from the Mavericks. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I want us to get more into the what ifs for the most of the rest of the pod. But like, there is so much stuff that happened around that between, you know, Nerlens ends up firing his agent and going to Rich. Yeah, Paul well, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to get to it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're so okay. Yeah, mind. I still, I still got keep, more stuff. So you just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Aug- then uh, August 21st. So this is about about two months later. Probably about, mm. about six, seven weeks later, Noel fires his agent, Happy Walters, and he hires Rich Paul, uh, which the stuff with Anthony Davis hadn't really happened yet. Uh, LeBron hadn't even gone to the Lakers yet. And so mm-hmm. the Rich Paul stuff was all kind of pretty new. He was it was still a new agent, and we didn't really know what to expect with him. Uh, five days later, August 26th, Noel takes the qualifying offer. Uh, we explained this a lot, so if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. But for those that don't understand, a restricted free agent, uh, you become restricted when a team offers you a qualifying offer. That's a certain amount of money. It's really, it's usually really, really small. It's not going to be like a huge contract. I think Porzingis's was like eight, seven, something like that. Something like it was that. not a lot this year. So they offered him the qualifying offer. That makes him a restricted free agent. Then the restricted free agent is allowed to go out and get another offer sheet from another team. And if he does, then the team is able to the original team is able to match anything. So at the beginning of the summer, they get they offer him the, the qualifying offer, and you know you take the qualifying offer, and then you're able to go get a sheet. Noel d- didn't get a sheet from anybody else, and so he comes back. He didn't sign the deal that the Mavs offered him, the four year, seventy million dollar deal, and so he just takes the qualifying offer. So then you're on a one year deal, and you're you're going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of that next season. Which people don't do. I mean, restricted free agents just don't do this. I mean, you it's a huge risk because you're obviously huge. playing one more season. It's kind of this twofold thing of restricted free agency gives the team a lot of control because obviously Nerlens goes out and signs a long-term deal. Dallas can just match it, and then, bam, he's stuck with the Mavericks uh, when he wanted to go somewhere else. Or the player can take his power into his own hands and say, like Nerlens did, and said, hey, I want out of Dallas or I want a bigger paycheck, so I'm just going to accept playing this whole next year on a one-year deal at $4.1 million, 
And then, and on top of that, when you take that qualifying offer, you have a, your own no trade clause. So he then controls what team he goes to at that point. So it, you pretty much put the team in purgatory for a second for a, a whole year for the most part, and then they can leave an unrestricted free agency, which we end up doing. But that was. It's also important to say he turned down the four-year $70 million deal when he was with Happy Walters. It wasn't a Rich Paul thing. I know a lot of people like to jump on that and be like, oh, Rich Paul lost New Orleans $70 million and all that stuff. He wasn't his agent when he turned that money down. That's why he fired Uh, the agent. That's why he fired the agent, but I think it had a lot to do with New Orleans too and not just Happy Walters that – you know, Nerlens wanted the bigger paycheck. He felt like he deserved that, and just what other people were getting, what where he was at in his career, what he was going to bring the Mavericks, and all that stuff. Um, and then there was also a lot of reporting around it that 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 deal wasn't always on the table. After once he turned it down, that Dallas took it off the market. Yes. and that's a huge you know point of the story too of saying a lot of people want to throw that out there and say, okay, well, was that deal on the table on August first or August? You know, all these things. I mean, even when they got Rich Paul and all that stuff, and there was a lot of back and forth of reporting and when the deal was on the table, when it was off the table, and yeah. all this different stuff. What, however, you want to go around the reporting. He was offered four years, seventy million on July first, and he turned it down. And after that, he fired his agent, got a new agent, took a qualifying offer, bet on himself, and said, "Hey, I'll become a, a free agent next summer." So then he takes the qualifying offer. This is August twenty sixth. A month later, it's Mavs Media Day. Uh, you know, we talked all about Nerlens Noel betting on himself, making this big decision. He's got this huge year in front of him. He has to show out if he's going to capitalize on this. I mean, four year, seventy million dollar deal. It's huge. It's huge for him to turn that down. And Mavs Media Day rolls around. Rick Carlisle gets up, and people are asking him questions. And without even being asked about Nerlens specifically, he was asked about starting lineups or something. Carlisle said that he doesn't he doesn't see Nerlens Noel being a starter this year. And that was that was massive. Uh, I went back and listened to our podcast that we did right after Media Day. Your gut reaction was this: two words. He gone. That was your gut reaction that you said. Uh, we recorded this. You can go back and listen to it if you want to. It was uh, September 25th, 2017. We did it in the Jimmy John's right outside of the AAC. Uh, <laughs> while we were doing it, Harrison Barnes and Dwight Powell walked by the outside of it while we were talking, which was really funny. I remember that. Uh, but, yeah, you just said he gone. That was your gut reaction. We thought he was going to be gone. So uh, let's let's fly through the rest of this so we can get to the actual what-ifs. Um Fast forward through the season, Nerlens is playing a little bit. Uh, November 25th, 2017, Noel just stops playing. He stops getting put into the lineup. Uh, I don't remember it being injury related. It just kind of just he just kind of stopped playing. Uh, then December 2nd, this is you know <laughs> a week or so later, the hot dog incident happens, uh, and the hot dog incident was this. So at halftime, the media room is open for media to go back in. There's like popcorn there, uh, there's hot dogs, and there's like soda in there and different things like that, and, and like plugs for people to plug in computers and things like that. And so you're allowed to just go back in there. And while we're in there, Nerlens Noel walks in, gets a hot dog, and walks out. And players never go in there. It's I mean, it's halftime. The game is still going on, but he had not played for a week, and he wasn't going to play that game either. But in full uniform, Nerlens walks in grabs a hot dog and leaves. Tim McMahon takes the picture, posts it. It goes everywhere. It's called the hot dog gate now. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just a hilarious moment because 
you know, sometimes players do this, but they don't go and, and get the hot dog themselves. They send the ball boy, they send somebody else to go get the hot dog or some food or something from media dining. And New Orleans obviously uh, wasn't playing. He's like, hey, who cares? I'm just going to go get the hot dog myself. And uh, it be- obviously became a story there. And uh, it was a story all along. I mean, that whole season, Nerlens was, uh, I mean, even going to the very first game of that season in which they played the Hawks. And it was a heck of a game. I mean, he came, he came off the bench. He killed it. I mean, he was yeah. like one, one of the best. He plus had sixteen and eleven with like two blocks that game. I'm... Yeah, he. I mean, was just incredible in that game. Um, Rick still took him out and all that different stuff. It, it was just and that got everybody was like, oh man, this is the potential right here. And that was arguably his best game of the season. Uh, but he was arguably his out. best game as a Maverick. As a Maverick, yeah. Uh, but it just it gave a lot of fans like hope and a kind of a glimmer of what could be because that was obviously Dennis's, you know, one of Dennis. I guess it was Dennis's first game, but um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it was just the fact that just a few months before that they could have gave him seventy million dollars, and then that season hits and it was just so dramatized and everything and while the whole time you're like yeah he's gone but it's like how do they get rid of him if he doesn't want to go somewhere else or if he's just like hey i'm just gonna ride this out in dallas train do my thing he couldn't be traded unless he agreed to it yeah and then there was a thumb injury through there yeah Um, that's right the team was frustrated by it trust me i can vouch for this uh i was yeah i don't want to go down the whole route but um you're close to the situation yeah, I was close to the situation. I got to know Nerlens a little bit on a personal level, a little bit, and um, the team knew that. Rick Carlisle obviously knew that. He took a jab at me in the media uh, when I was literally one of the only reporters still asking about Nerlens and why he wasn't playing. And then he started playing. I asked why he he was playing, like what did he show in practices and stuff. We almost handed him seventy million dollars, so like I felt like it was still a, a story worth talking about. And uh, yeah, and and I, and I get it. Like Carla just wasn't about it. He was tired of hearing about it, and so yeah, he took some you know a few jabs. He was at me ti- and- he was tired about it. He's tired of hearing about it, even though he we hadn't talked about it in months. I mean, he yes. his name literally didn't come up in media because he he was just out of the lineup. It was just that that was it. And Carla didn't yes. really explain any more, and so there didn't seem to be anywhere else to try to get a question out, and it was just, just that was it. So yeah, the hot dog incident happens in December. Uh, February 28th, 2018. This is after the All-Star break. Noel just starts playing for the first time in almost three months. Uh, he comes back. He plays for uh, a little bit. He plays on and off, though. It was, it was very on and off. He'd play for like three games, and then he'd get DNPs for two games. And then at the end of the season, uh, April 3rd, 2018, he was suspended for drug uh, for violating the NBA's drug policy. And uh, he's suspended for five games, or which was the rest of the season. And uh, that's a, that's a lot. That means like that was like his third offense, basically. Yeah. How the uh, the NBA's rules go. So that's the whole thing. That's the whole. That took a lot longer than I expected, but that's the whole uh, story with Nerlens Noel. Let's take another break. When we come back, let's dive into the what if questions. All right, Isaac. First one. What if Hot Dog Gate never happened? Oh, I don't think nothing changes. <laughs> Nothing physically changes. I think that nothing changes. The, at all. the story would have changed. The thing about Hot Dog Gate that was important was that it was just a symbol of the weirdness of the Nerlens Noel story. That he was just mm-hmm. out of the lineup, and we're like, why? What is the big? What is the big deal with him? And why did he just stop playing? And it, it's kind of because of his personality and the way that 
you know, he played and how Rick Carlisle re- responded to him. And we've we know Rick Carlisle. You you've written a story about how Rick Carlisle is with certain players and how he just if you have a player that doesn't agree with Rick Carlisle, doesn't play the way that Rick Carlisle wants, that he can get in the doghouse pretty fast with him. Yeah, and, and there's stu- there was stuff in practice, and there was yeah there was stuff that happened in practice. There was some work ethic stuff, and there was some mixed opinions on how things should be ran. And it, it was just it just wasn't a it wasn't a pairing that that worked between Rick and a young player like Nerlens who believed in his potential and not yeah I'm, I'll just leave that yeah and, and on the court too the the reason why he got taken out of games like the the Hawks game was because of the way he tried to play defense we know that Nerlens mm-hmm. Noel is a guy that likes to get steals and blocks doesn't didn't really want to play in the way that Rick Carlisle ran his defense and so that was uh man <laughs> just the way that his personality the way that his playing style clashed with Rick's was kind of what made Hot Dog get crazy? Because it's like, oh, he's just so nonchalant about this and just like didn't seem like he cared in a sense. Uh, we know that to, to not be the case, but uh, there's a lot of things in Nerlens' career that have uh, showed <laughs> that he maybe didn't care as much as we, we wanted him to or as much as we want like a number one type pick guy to, to be like. So uh, on Twitter, Jacob asked this question. I think it kind of goes in what we were just saying. What if Nerlens Noel had bulked up? Uh, I I posted a while ago a picture of Nerlens when he first came into the league and this past year when he was with the Mavs and then or the last year he was with the Mavs and then I posted the same tweet I posted Giannis his rookie year and then Giannis that year and just the difference between the two pictures of Giannis and then how Nerlens looked the exact same size wise made me think man what would Nerlens' career have been like if he had bulked up if he had you know put the work in like he uh, he should. That was the big thing coming out of the draft is that he just needed to bulk up. What do you think Nerlens' game? Let's just put all the personality stuff aside. What do you think Nerlens' game would be like, and what kind of player would be he be if he bulked up? Uh, oh gosh, I mean this is hard. I think well, one he just he needs a system that's gonna be that's gonna focus him at that center, you know, that center spot. And the biggest thing with Nerlens being so skinny is he just couldn't bang with any of the bigger guys and he would get you know, he was really athletic and fast and he was good at at jumping the passing lane but it was almost his fault to an extent yeah and he would go for steals he had really good steal numbers for his center uh, I'm a believer in Nerlens Noel's talent and I I was back then I was a believer in him coming to our system um I thought he fit he still fits theoretically what uh, right. they want the five man to be uh, but yeah, he just didn't, you know, comparing to Tyson Chandler, who could bang with these guys down the post and rebound over these guys, Nerlens could get tossed around a little bit like a ragdoll a little bit. But like Christian Pulisic can. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Nerlens would, I think he would have better staying power. I don't think he would have been injured as much. He did get thrown around a lot, uh, you know, in the in the paint. And he's, you know, still playing for OKC, but <laughs> he could, he could play a lot better for them now. Uh, another what if question. This was for, this is from Mavs Network. What if Dallas had never traded for Nerlens in the first place? This is something I hadn't thought about. Honestly, don't think much changes. I mean, there's there's not a ton that changes. Actually, oh, okay. There's not. In hindsight, you make the trade over again. The trade is almost just like a, a wash because Justin Justin Anderson ain't even in the league right now. He hasn't even signed. Hey, hey, his team just beat the Team USA FIBA team. So yeah, in a scrimmage in like three quarters, something like that. But and Nerlens is playing on a minimum deal. Like Andrew Bogut was this a expiring contract in that deal? And cool, second round picks. Have fun with you know Kostas. So then. 
like, so the trade was a wash. And then you look at like what happens after that. I mean, even if they, if they don't make the trade, you still have Justin Anderson. He's probably still not going to be on. He's probably not going to be on the team the year after that. Um, Andrew Bogut just is gone at that point. Yeah. So cool. You have two more second rounders and Nerland's is signs with somebody else in free agency probably. And he didn't get the, he didn't get the offer from anybody else in the first place. So yeah, he's probably playing on the qualifying offer again because Philly's probably not going to pay him and he doesn't want to stay with Philly. So, um, you're probably looking at a really, really similar situation. It's just how, yeah, nothing's going to change much for him. He, it's he what, may have gotten a chance to like actually play and show himself though, because if bench, he, if he, if he, I guess it depends on what team he ended up getting traded to. Cause I think Philly was going to trade him. So if, he, if they traded him to a, it place, just happened so late on trade deadline day that I, I, I mean, I guess there could have been something right behind Dallas if they pulled out, but, but yeah. I think the biggest, I think, I think nothing changes really for Dallas. I don't think. No, the, and the bigger things happen, or the biggest questions, the biggest what if questions is, and, and yeah, I, I actually do. I I think these are kind of the biggest biggest things. With, yeah, let, we can let's go a little long today. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> the biggest thing is like what happens the next year? Does Luca happen again? What happens with money? Uh, all that different stuff. Because the big thing is what if he took the seventy million dollar deal, the four year seventy million dollar deal? How does that affect Dallas's cap moving forward? How does it affect their roster? I think one of the biggest questions that upcoming season of saying, all right, if Nerlens takes a $70 million deal right then on July 1st, he's locked in for four years at like $17.5 million for the next four years after that. If he gets he he takes that money, he's immediately a starter. So there is no – I'm, I'm a full – all The way Wes Matthews was. Yes, I'm all on board of saying I don't think that media day even happens with Rick Carlos saying he's not going to be a starter. One of the biggest reasons he wasn't a starter was because they they portrayed it or they explained it as at this stage in Dirk's career, he needs to be a five, which is correct. But I think if Nerlens took the $70 million deal, that means he would have been a cornerstone in the franchise for sure at that moment because they just handed him $70 million yeah. deal. And I think that that point, we would have saw Dirk move to the bench. And I think that's one of the biggest what-ifs of it because if you don't, Yogi Ferrell started at two guard, but I honestly think that they do believe, and I think it was the right move, that Dirk just shouldn't and slash couldn't play the four at that point in his career. So I think if they did sign Nerlens for $70 million, I think we would have seen Dirk come off the bench and move because he, he had been – like he had been open of saying, Hey, I will do this. Like later in my career, the past three or four years of his career, he's been very open of saying, Hey, if we, if they need me to do this, I think I'll come off the bench. I mean, I'll come off the bench and do that. Like he transitioned his very last year of his career. I think going even further, what would the record be like? If that was the case, if Dirk was feasting on second units, if they put all their eggs in a ba- basket for Nerlens, how would that relationship be different with Nerlens? Would Nerlens be better because they know that he would have to be better because he's locked in and they would have to focus more on him and be more committed to him more and all that stuff? Yeah, more intentional with him. How would the chemistry between him and Dennis be? He would be the starting five all the time. So I want to say that they would have a better record if that was the case for ne- for that ne- 2017-18 season. That would have been the that would have been the season where they got the the fifth pick and they picked Luca. So you think they would have been a little bit better? 
I think they would have been a little bit better because you also got to look at if he took the $70 million, it, it wouldn't have changed roster wise too much for that next because year. No. For that, for that next year, because Harrison was still there. Wesley Matthews was still there. Dwight Powell was still around the contract. The only thing roster wise that probably wouldn't have happened. They probably wouldn't have traded for Josh McRoberts. Sorry, Doyle, but that, that probably <laughs> that you know, wouldn't have happened. happened. Um, so yeah. So then you go into that next season. It's the season before Luca and I just think that they would be a little bit better. I think Dirk accepting, yeah, coming off the bench of that you know, six-man role, I think Nerland's, it we could have seen the best year of Nerland's career in that point because he would have been a focal point of the team. He would have had to have been because he was getting paid, you know, $70 million over the next four years. So that's kind of a timeline. And if you go down that timeline – and if they're a little bit better, do they have the ammo to move up to get Luca still at that point? Because I think it's a very valid point to where if they are better that next year, then Luca probably doesn't happen. And you're moving forward in the future with, with Dennis and Nerlens as your two young cornerstones. They won 24 games that year. Nerlens only played 30 games. But see, but what we can't, what we I literally wrote this on my point. What we can't know the full answer to is, is how good that relationship could have been if he took the $70 million mark. Because the moment he turned that down and drama happened, that opened the door of saying, hey, this probably isn't going to be a long-term thing. And then you don't have to start him. Then you don't have to play him like Rick did and all that stuff. Because it's like, hey, we didn't give up a ton for him. So I want to say if he took that deal, so much would have been different. He wouldn't have been just riding the bench. He all that stuff wouldn't have happened if if he took the seventy. When they traded for him, even when they traded for him, even when he took the qualifying offer, Nerlens was on. He's on marketing. He was on the side of the bus. The Mavericks team bus had that had the, that big wrap around it that had Harrison Barnes and Dennis and Wes, and it had Dirk obviously, and then it had Nerlens. Like he was on all these things. He was on the signs outside of the arena, the banners that are on the, you know, like the uh, the street lights. He was on a lot of that stuff. I mean, he was. The Mavericks really thought that he was going to be a, a cornerstone, like Isaac was saying. And I think that they would have played him a lot more. I don't think it would have made the team that much better, to be honest. I think it would have been a little bit better. I just think so. I, mean, I think, yeah, I think I think it would have been a little bit better. But maybe You're maybe um, one game better. You're maybe 25 Oh, points. no, they're a little bit better. Playing, I mean, Nerlens, I mean, it's the same Nerlens we're seeing now. But I don't know. It's not I like he would have gotten that much better. But I don't think we can say it would have been the same Nerlens. That's why I'm saying I think we could have, if he was locked in at 70 million and they were committed, like they would have had to been committed to him and maximizing his potential. I think he would have had to been better than what he was. I don't think we can say that he it, this it would have been the exact same Nerlens than if he gotten paid and they were focused in, on him. I don't. I just. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think we we can't answer that for sure we can't answer how good or how good the relationship would have been if he would have took the money but let's just say they got luca still let's just say they still landed luca how does it affect even after that how does his contract deandre jordan doesn't happen because they don't need him at that point because nerland's is no. under contract it'd be a weird like deon it'd be like if if a team with like a young up-and-coming center like a i don't know like a jared allen if they jared added allen, if yeah. they added a guy like deandre jordan that's what it would have been like I've been crazy if somebody did that. I think obviously the one of the bigger questions is does KP happen? 
if New Orleans is that's the one I have on half. And I don't think and it does. I don't think they have the space I, for it. They don't, they I don't think just, it does because they didn't get DeAndre. Because this is as much as, much as we want to throw shade at DeAndre, DeAndre's contract allowed us to get KP because it allowed us to take on those contract other contracts. Could they send Nerlens in the KP trade though? Yeah, they could have, but but New York could you know would have had to say, hey, who would you rather have, Tim Hardaway or Nerlens at eighteen million a year, basically? <laughs> and then the next, they had Mitchell you know, Robinson too, so you have Nerlens and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, so I think some of the biggest takeaways from this is if Nerlens took the money and took the seventy million, it would have trapped the Mavericks kind of in this mediocrity. I don't think they would have been as bad. Uh, or like like bottom of the league bad, but they wouldn't have been playoff good. I don't think they it wouldn't have allowed them to get DeAndre, which in turn wouldn't allow you to get KP probably. Um, I I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that what? just because the relationship would make Nerlens Noel that much of a better player, that he would make the Mavericks that much better. Wait, wait, I didn't just say any of that. I said, are you going back a while ago? Oh, I guess I'm going back. Oh. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying they'd be like 10 wins better, but I'm just saying, I think they would be better than what they were. I think you're saying that if he signed the $70 million, the Mavericks would treat him the same way and they would treat him rotationally the same way as if he didn't take it. Like everything no, they else would, happened? they would treat him, they would start him and they would play him. And I think it would have made the Mavs worse <laughs> okay. than you think. Okay. But they still would have had a lot of time. It, it they would've... still would have had a lot to figure out. He's still 23 years old. There's a reason why Carlisle didn't like him and they didn't get along the way that he played was not the way that Carlisle had designed it. And I don't think it would have, it just, if it takes, and this is, this is hard because I don't know him as well as you did. And you don't even know him as well as, you know, like as, as, as much as Rick thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it takes that kind of like a relationship for a player to make it in the league, I just don't know if they would, or to, to make it to where they can reach their potential. I don't know if it, he would have reached it. And that's why I'm saying because I feel like talent, they would have went to talent would have overcame all this. If Nerlens was good enough, the Mavericks would have just played him and started him. I think true, yeah. But I feel like if they handed him seventy million dollars, they would have felt like they had to at that at that point. He would have been. I think he would honestly been treated like Wesley Matthews. I'm saying guaranteed guaranteed spot. He's playing all the time. He's getting paid that. And Wes Matthews definitely made the Mavs better. No, but I'm saying okay. If but we got the best. I think we got that's the best of we could have gotten of Wes. And, Compared to if we just said, hey, you're going to play some nights. You're not going to play. You're going to like that whole relationship. So, well, anyway. Yeah, um, and I, it just, I just don't think it makes your, your team bottom line that much better. I will say this. I And this could, I don't think his contract would have been that crippling. And no. I don't want to, because it's not like it's in the high 20s. You're looking at 17 and a half Parsons. or over the four years. And I'll say this, if he did take the four year, $70 million, his last year of that deal would be coming up before the 2021 free agency class, which a lot of us, even us on this podcast have been saying that nothing, nothing else crazier is about to happen. Probably roster wise until that summer of 2021. So he, it's not like that contract is like a Chris Paul contract or something that's going to take you out of, Oh, if he took that 70 million, we wouldn't have a shot at anybody in 2021 like we're hoping for now and stuff so i don't i yeah i know a lot of us point at that and say if he took the 70 million man we wouldn't have been able to do anything well honestly outside of the porzingis shit they haven't did anything really much anyway since then in free agency so you're looking at you know not getting delon Wright or something like that in which we think delon Wright's gonna be good and stuff but like that's the type of things of 
it's not like you're looking at it and saying, if Dallas got Kemba this past year and saying, man, if New Orleans took that $70 million, we wouldn't have got Kemba this past year. That would have been true. <laughs> that would have been true. So, But since they didn't get a bigger name, there's the only big thing would be the Porzingis thing because they probably wouldn't have the contracts you know, to take on Hardaway and Courtney Lee and all that. And New York wouldn't have taken Nerlens. I just thought about this. New York wouldn't have taken Nerlens because they didn't want the future salary. The whole reason was yeah. they were trying to get rid of salary to add those two guys that they didn't get. Yeah. So, like, they're probably not taking Nerlens at that point. And, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's kind of – just is Dwight Powell still on the team at that point? You know, is Maxi still on the team at that point? Dwight Powell is uh, still on the team because they love him so much. They do, yeah. Uh, also, so that mean, now, like, in that pod, the 2017 media day was when we were still, <laughs> you're still in your your peak hating on Dwight phase, and we were like, when when uh, we saw Harrison Barnes and Dwight Powell walk by that Jimmy Johns we were sitting in, we were like, man, we we've been telling everybody that he is just good friends with a lot of people on this team, and you know he's just a good locker room guy, and you were like, yep, that's the reason why he's on the team. <laughs> Three years later, still right. No. So I think I think we kind of agreed that I don't know if the Luca thing would have happened. That one's hard. There's I a mean, chance. Yeah. It's, it's, it goes up to lottery odds at that point. But even but it's like another one of those things where even if they're yeah, it's just lot lottery odds and all that stuff. Um, but what what does the future look like if you do land Luca and you walk into that next season with Luca uh, a better? Can you at least admit that Nerlens would be better? right now than what he is if he took the 70 million he'd be better off i think you'd still be a better player i think he'd be getting more opportunity yeah and in turn be a better player he'd, i think so no he would be putting up more stats he wouldn't be a better player than what he was see i, I don't i think he'd be better the, maybe the Mavericks, I still don't think maybe he's as Mavericks, bad as what it, maybe the Mavericks do a Dwight Powell thing. They put him in the right role. Maybe that maximizes him to the point. But I don't think Rick Carlisle exactly. really wanted to put him in that role. Exactly. Well, but I think he would almost had to have if he had seventy million dollars. And I think there's also a trade off too of saying, hey, if you don't think they would be as you know be better, Dirk's defense that year didn't help the team out either. So it'd be a kind of a here we go. Sorry, David Locke, but we're just gonna go long because I just found this. So oh, no. 2018 lottery. Who got the second pick? 2018 lottery. This is the Luca, the Luca draft. Oh, uh Bagley. The Sacramento Kings. They had 27 wins. The Mavericks had 24 wins. So if they have Nerlands, they win three more games, which I think we can both agree with. They end up with a second pick. They don't give up their 2019 pick. They get Luca. They don't have to trade anything this for is, him. This is incredible. This is the this best is why we do. This is the this best is why we do what ifs. Yes, this is exactly why they keep him. They don't get Porzingis, but they have they have Dennis. They have Nerlens. They have Luca, and then maybe they, they might not get Porzingis, but they could take that 2019 pick with Dennis with Nerlens with, <laughs> with Wesley Matthews and say, hey, we might not be able to take you know Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee, but we'll take Tim Hardaway, you know. We'll take Tim Hardaway and you know, with KP, but we'll give you the 2019 pick, all those other firsts, Dennis, and all that stuff. And do they do a sign and trade on free agency day once we learn that Durant and Kyrie are going to the the Nets? True. So then you keep whoever you send in that trade. If Luca, you don't have the and, maybe the future picks aren't going out. 
and the best version of Nerlens, what a lot of people thought Nerlens could be, um, would actually be a pretty decent fit alongside KP. <laughs> that would be the, the the skinniest front court in NBA history. True, but I would I would have liked his shot blocking and his versatility and stuff. I'm still a believer in Nerlens. I'm obviously biased and partial. I want the best for him. Yeah, um, I was actually really shocked that he went back to OKC. Yeah, we both thought he was um, going to the Lakers for sure. Yeah, yes, he's buddies with LeBron and all that stuff. But he had an, he had another off season where he dropped his agent. He dropped Rich Paul. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember talking to him uh, back right after that summer, heading into media. Well, it was after media day. Well, it was on media day. I talked to him that day and about yeah everything what Rick just said about hey him not starting and all this stuff and yeah it, well that was a fun conversation <laughs> but it was but also I talked to him about his summer and I just remember him talking about how much he, time he spent with LeBron working out with LeBron and all that stuff so in my mind at that point I'm like yeah he definitely gone and but I thought for sure he would end up at the Lakers at some point because a lot of the LeBron grumblings for the Lakers had already started but it wasn't until the year after anyway and honestly but, they could use a guy like Nerlens right now. Oh, for sure. Yes. I wish he was on the Lakers right now. Oh, you do? Well, I don't know. I don't guess I wish anybody on the Lakers at this point. But, well, except Rondo. Dwight, except Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight and Rondo. Hey, Nerlens and AD could have played together in L.A. Finally. Finally. <laughs> that would have been the headline. Finally. Also, Royce, uh, Royce White's comment about Jared Dudley. Get out of here. Get out of here. People love Jared Dudley, and there's a reason. Yes. He fits well there's with a the team. That's what you need. Also, a place I, for vets also I still love Carmelo. Yeah, I hope he gets on too. Anyway. All right, there you go. That's the uh, the long Nerlens Noel. because we if? went down the timeline forever. It was worth it, sorry. There's just so much stuff, and we were there for all of it, so we, we find it I love how important. your first what-if question is, what if Hot Dog Gate ever happened? I'm like, there, nothing would literally change. <laughs> you know. Also, y'all know that Rick still kids me about Nerlens. There was literally a well, uh, yeah. There was an off the record thing that happened last year, and to where I was in the vicinity of Rick, and Rick made a Nerlens joke to me, and it was, uh, it was. That's your legacy with Rick. That's your, it was your funny, thing. I guess. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it it at least brought some chuckles between the both of us. So there you go. All right, guys, that's the what if Nerlens. Uh, we'll be back with more what ifs. Send us your your what ifs. We've got some good ones. Coming up, uh, I don't think we've done a Rondo one. We might I have to go back and check the archives again, but we might have to do a Rondo one. So, Yes, we've already did the Steve Nash one, so you can go back last year and listen. Yeah, and done Steve Nash, done Giannis, and a lot of things. Go back last year. Last year oh, in gosh, August. Yes, and Giannis. So, there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.